Spirit, I acknowledge that I am the object of your positive attention, and I'm appreciating your continual gaze on behalf of my well-being. And today, no matter where I am, no matter where I am going, no matter what I am doing, and no matter who I am doing it with, I will be in conscious awareness that you too are there with me, appreciating me, supporting me, assisting me, acknowledging me, inspiring me, guiding me, having fun with me, helping me, aware of me, loving me, showing me, and uplifting me. <laughs> nice, man. That, that one, that's a very happy one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview teachers, scientists, and everyday practitioners to give you the inspiration, insight, and stories to fuel your own meditation journey. Today, we interview my good friend, Harry Duran. By a day, Harry is an IT consultant living in Los Angeles, but in his other life, as a showrunner, he's the host of the popular Podcast Junkies podcast. Harry and I recently reconnected and I had a chance to chat with him all about meditation. Harry and I actually met in a 10-day silent meditation retreat about mm, six years ago at the Shambhala Mountain Center outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. We talk all about that retreat experience in the show. And this really is a great show. Harry and I explore all sorts of meditation-related topics like flow states and the kind of frictionless communication and relationship you can experience in silence. And for me, though, one of the highlights of this show, and I think you're going to love it, is when Harry gives us an education on affirmations and the power and the value of practicing affirmations on a daily basis. If you've ever wanted to know about affirmations, about how they work, about the value of them, about what an affirmation sounds like, you're going to love this because Harry takes us through his daily routine, the affirmations that he does every day as part of his meditation practice. And in fact, Harry actually has created a special PDF for listeners of this podcast, which includes the affirmations that he does every single day and the very affirmations that he reads on the show today. So we explore these affirmations in the show, and I'll tell you where you can get that free download at the end of the show. So don't miss it. It's a gift from Harry. It's a free PDF with all his affirmations. Okay, great. Let's jump in. Hope you love the show. Good. All right. Well, Harry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for inviting me, Morgan. I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics. Fantastic. All right. So tell me a little bit about your story. Give us a five or 10 minute version of, of who you are and what you do and, and how you came to meditation. And, and I know you and I met I think on that meditation retreat back in, in 2010. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I'd like, so lead us there. <laughs> what's, what's interesting about these, um, answering these types of questions, I'm sure maybe you can relate, is you, you do a sort of mental uh, card shuffling in your head about, okay, which, which parts of this story yes. are relevant and which parts do I want to include? Yes. And you know, it's, it's almost human nature to try to put yourself in the best light possible. Yeah, and I think, but I think people are drawn to sometimes the all the the warts and the bumps and the bruises along the way. So it's the most interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was raised Catholic, and uh, with organized religion, as as a lot of people do, starting off, and I just for a while just didn't have anything that was really guiding me in mm. college. I am. Um, I remember reading sociology books. Uh, the history of Malcolm X, and I was like, oh, just things that made me start to question what it was that I was being taught. Yeah. And then I remember I was interested in just not necessarily esoteric things, but just reading about things like Buddhism. And uh, I also DJ, and this was years ago, and I ended up DJing at a bar in New York City, and I happened to meet a um, 
the one of the waitresses there, she was into uh, Buddhism, and it was called Diamond Way Buddhism, and mm. it was um, I forget like the lineages and the lines now, but uh, uh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. So so it was, but it was an interesting practice because uh, she started giving me books to read, and I dove head first, and there was a group that met every every week and met in the city, and so started doing that, and. I just was drawn to it, and I started reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and just you know this this rabbit hole that you get into. Yeah, um, and it was just learning about meditation, learning about calming the mind, just practices that just stick with me to this to this day. You know, mm. one of the interesting quotes that I remember hearing was, um, "When you're meditating, it should be like a, a thief coming to an empty house." And it was this concept of if you have your, these thoughts that you're thinking of, um, if 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 you're if you're not attaching to anything, then emotions you know won't affect you that dramatically. So, for example, you were if you were upset at something like 30, 20 minutes before you, you weren't upset, and then you're going to be upset, and then twenty minutes later you're not going to be upset anymore. Right. So so it's this process of of realizing. And recognizing that you're about to get upset and seeing it coming, it's almost like a lights at the end of the tunnel coming towards you. Yeah. And then uh, going through the process, not attaching to those emotions and uh, and saying and not saying like I'm angry. It's saying I'm a human, you know, I'm a being that's experiencing anger, which is a completely different, you know, thought process. Yeah. And then you just let it go, and you just watch it sail off like a kind of like a paper boat in water. You just kind of, and you're observing it the whole time. And so that's what, when 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 they gave me that example of a thief coming to an empty house. If you think about it, like a thief comes to rob a house. Yeah. Uh, and he, and then and the house is empty. It's like, oh shit, there's nothing here for me. <laughs> that is a awesome metaphor. A thief coming to an empty house. I, once you said it, I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. It's very evocative. I love it. Yeah, and then and then that's like this. So the thief is like the emotions, right? So like anger yeah. is coming, coming for you. Anger is coming for you, and, and so uh, that's one that really I I still remember to this day. And then the whole concept of always practicing and looking for opportunities to practice meditation. Um, so when you get when you get stuck in traffic and you're behind the little old lady and and you literally have like two minutes to be somewhere, instead of like losing your shit, you just like uh, thank you, old lady, for allowing me to practice my patience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so it was these were entirely brand new concepts for me at the time. Mm. And so, you know, I I really just I went on a couple of retreats um and I was just all in gung ho into it. And then there was aspects of it, you know, where some aspects of as it happens with all organized religion, it rears its head and you're like it doesn't resonate with you and at some point I just I drifted away, but I I was always looking. So always looking for things that are spirituality related and i think um you know for a while with the buddhism i was grounded with the buddhism practice and, and, and reminded that i should meditate and then i just started looking for groups online and yeah. I, I came i came across enlightened next and i found a, a, a chapter um that was local in atlanta where i was living at the time and i found a group that reached out to me i think because of a connection that i had made and we started meeting and we mm-hmm. started meditating once you know every week we'd get together and we even did some meditations in the morning we'd get up at 5 30 in the morning and we'd dial into this number and we'd this sounds weird we'd, we'd actually meditate over the phone that's awesome so we do so it was it was amazing because yeah. it just what a fantastic way to start the day oh yeah this connection with your your fellow group of meditators and and then i went on uh, there was an opportunity for a retreat and it was the 10-day retreat in in denver colorado which was in 2010, and I remember because it was um, when it, the, my 40th birthday, like a month before. Mm. So um, it was an interesting way to to just reboot and restart. And 10 days silent meditation, only speaking one hour a day. I've never ever experienced anything like that. Mm. And you learn a lot about what you're capable of. And I had never spent such a, a focused period of time meditating. And so, you know, I, I did that practice for a while and, uh, and then I stayed with, with the group for a while. And then at some point, you know, I, I sort of didn't feel as much of a connection to the teachings, but obviously the, the practice of meditation has still resonated with me. Yeah. Um, and now I just make it a part of my regular practice. I, I do it every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I've added as like another layer is some affirmations that I do. I feel it's important to communicate like out loud what it is you, you want from the universe. Yeah. If you want it 
if you want the universe to be aware of who you are and that you're serious about this, I, I really firmly believe that it's something that we need to articulate and, and we need to do it every day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, I have a couple questions. Um, so let's come back to affirmations in a, in a little bit. But so when you were back in New York as, as a DJ and leading up to that experience, you know, growing up Catholic, you didn't really have, as you said it, any existential or philosophical guideposts. And I think obviously a lot of us who've grown up in the West, even if we have a, a religious heritage, a lot of us growing up in the West are, you know, we, we uh, skew secular. And I'm curious, like, cause I know for me too, by the time I got into college, a certain point I was desperate for, uh, for something you know, I was just, I felt the absence of meaning. I, ha I felt the absence of, for lack of a better word, God or a connection to, to something sacred. Even though I, I wouldn't have known how to say that. I wouldn't have had really, I didn't have any idea that's what was missing. But I'm curious, like for you, at that time, had you gone through anything like an, a, any hardship or any suffering, or, or, or was it just more of like a, a sense of, I need more, I'm looking for more, something's missing. Like what, what was it that gave traction or created that traction in you when you started to read these books? And you know, There wasn't like a big, like, you know, a lot of times you hear, you hear a story of a, of a near life death in a near death experience yeah. <laughs> for people. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I had a, a breakup in 96 with someone I thought I was going to get married to. And mm. that, that hit me pretty hard at the time. Yeah. And it's funny when you look back at those things, you laugh at them. Um, but in the, it, it sort of like changed my perception of what, you know, I thought my normal course of life was going to be. Yeah. And then, you know, there were some issues with family drama going on that made me question like, why does this stuff happening? And, mm. and so, you know, there's always this aspect of asking why Yeah, that's always been part of my nature and I think I've always been curious so even as a little kid you know it's small examples would be like when we'd get new boxes of like furniture or something to put together I'd be the one that just like jumping on the box tearing it apart yeah. laying out those instructions on the floor and like all right I got this I'm gonna figure this out nice. <laughs> and I'm gonna put this together and and then from a curiosity's uh standpoint I you remember these things after the fact but I had an old girlfriend that would say you know you ask a lot of questions or why you always ask so many questions. Mm. I didn't realize, you know, that it was just something that was inherent in my nature until later on in life. I'm like, yeah, I think it's part of this bigger thought process that's going on in my yes. head about why are things happening the way they do? Yeah. And, you know, I've had the, the benefit as I got older and older to be, you know, to have had, to have had some interesting experiences with some uh, entheogenic plant medicine as well, which yeah. is, even more so like reaffirmed my connection to spirit. And so belief is an interesting word, right? Because Very. a lot of times when you're when you're when you grow up Catholic, you're like, you have to believe in God, right? You have to believe that he's there and that he's sitting on the cloud and, and that he's a he. <laughs> yeah, that he's a he. <laughs> and he's gonna take care of everything yeah. and no problem. And and when you don't believe, you're going to hell. And so it throws people for a loop because um, you know, belief and faith and trust you know they're just used interchangeably and you know they probably mean yeah they definitely mean different things when you're growing up catholic but i i've come come around to those terms now where i i do have a resounding belief and trust in the universe and mm -hmm. in the way uh, that things are happening happening that the way they're supposed to mm -hmm. But there's always the concept of uh, free will, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no set plan, and you know, I, I'm I just follow all these crazy loose threads, like you know, multi-dimensional universes, and I don't know if you saw um, Interstellar, but <laughs> yeah, that that whole concept of like painting what multiple dimensions could look like that resonated with me so strongly because yeah. all possible outcomes are possible. I mean, all possible outcomes exist. Mm. And so you just have to decide which one you're going to live. So I, I always feel like we're in control of the situation, but there, his, there has to be an ability to step back and understand that 
there's sometimes a bigger picture happening than you can realize it. And a lot of these threads need to play themselves out sometimes over the course of weeks, months, and maybe even years. Yeah. And so sometimes it can be stated as simply enough as, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. But when things happen that don't seem like right and you're like, why the fuck did this happen? This is so crazy. Like I'm doing everything right and I get all this bad news. Yeah. But if you're well-versed in understanding the bigger picture of things, you know, you just sit back and realize you have, you take it from a perspective of, wow, this is interesting. Like that this door closed makes it so much more exciting for me to see which one is going to open as a result of this one closing. I actually recently had it with a a big name client that I was expecting to have a, a meeting with. Yeah. And you know, two days ago, they're like, um, we decided to go a different direction. Thanks for your time. And we're not going to go with you. And, and for like a split second, I was like, wow, I was going to, do I wallow in that? I can't believe, you know, the woe is me. I can't believe I lost that deal. And I had this interesting, like almost calm come across me that said, wow, this must be really interesting to see what door is going to open because this was such a big one that closed. I'm, I'm, I'm almost excited to see where this is going to turn out. Mm. So that just comes with practice and it yeah. just comes with having an an unabiding like trust. Yes. Because you know that you've seen where it happens. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in flow and putting out there what you want to receive. So if you want more love in the world, give more love. If you want more money, you know, give more money, be more generous with your money, be more generous with your time. Yeah. And I just, I, I live with an abundance mindset that there's plenty to go around and there's plenty for everyone, including me at some point. And, but I just can't be miserly with, any of the things that that I'm expecting more of in my life. Mm. Beautiful. All right. So you mentioned the retreat and you mentioned how on the retreat there was, you, you had this experience of being silent for 10 days in a context where, you know, there'd be one hour a day in those, in those like small meetings where we'd talk and you said that, experience is something you'd never had before. So when you, when you were referring to that, that take us in a little bit, like what was it about the experience? Like, and I know it's very multidimensional, like what was it like being in that silence? Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that, you know, also in relationship to never, never having had that experience before, but also like what opened up for you through that? It's interesting to become aware of the chatter in your mind, um, Hmm. which is something that you can only do when you're able to to silence yourself. And and those first couple of days is you're thinking about everything that you normally think of day in, day out, like what bills you have to pay, things you have to do at work, uh, things you didn't do, get done before you left. In the fact that you're like, what are you going to eat on this trip? Because it's all, it's like a vegetarian menu or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's cra- you know, your mind, yes. your mind is like a, you know, just a wild beast. And, you know, if, if, you, if you let it roam, it'll just go all over the place. And, you know, that's why it's so important to have a practice that lets you keep that in control. And so those first couple of days, it was... It's like the drip of the uh, of the of the email and the, of yeah. the connection, the electronic tether, the Pavlovian response, you know, to your to your inbox, and all these things that just we think are important and that we react to on a day in and day out basis. And what being in silence allows, you know, it's important to be somewhere that you're not connected, that you can't get a signal, and you start to pay more attention to the things that are right in front of your face. And you start mm-hmm. to pay more attention to human behavior and to your interactions with other people. And you realize that you can have quote unquote conversations or engagement with people without saying a word. Yeah, And you, and you just spend more time looking at people's body reactions, their movement, uh, you noticed things about other people that you otherwise wouldn't have noticed. Mm. Um, and this was 2000, so I, I don't think... 2010. The, uh, to, to, sorry, 2010. Yes. And I don't think the... Uh, even though it's only you know six years ago, it's it's not... The extent to which electronics are even more pervasive now than they were back then oh, is yeah. 
absolutely crazy. But totally. even then, it was still, uh, I think it was a Blackberry I had at the time. Or maybe, yeah, I don't even remember what it was. But I think it's just interesting when you don't have those distractions, how much you can pay attention to what's happening, how much you're engaged. And you're like, well, this is what I'm here for. Let me let me put all my attention here. Hmm. And there are things that just I, I learned were important. And I, I'm, I hope I, I took away from that as an experience to apply those in my everyday life. And so, you know, how how important it is to be present when you're with another human being how important it is to give them your full attention and how much more rewarding it is because you know they feel that and i'm i'm a huge believer in energy mm-hmm. um and just reading people's energy and vibing off people's energy and you know not to the point where i'm like an empath or anything but i just can tell when i'm around people who are you know debbie downers yes <laughs> and, yeah and and i don't resonate with that yeah you know? and I, I believe in like frequency and at, at the end of the day we're all just vibrating atoms so so to think that there's not something that's happening there where you're in the presence of another person and that person's calming attitude has an effect on you and so a lot of that is what i felt happening during the, the retreat um and then the fact that you can just continue to practice meditation and you're just there practicing and practicing and practicing your meditation and I, and I had one experience where I was silent and I was sat for my meditation and then I felt like a couple of minutes had gone by and I looked at my watch and it was an hour mm. and it was the you know, it was like wow it was like I really you know I was in the meditation zone I guess I don't know yeah. what, what the term for that is but it was just an interesting example because um, you know at some point it's just also human nature to to want to see re- results for all the hard work you put in but um, it was definitely a lot of takeaways and and a lot of reminders of the importance of presence on the yes. street. It, it's it's amazing when you talk about that, like that experience of like the accordion nature of time, like the fact that it can shrink and expand based on our, you know, our state of being. And like when you were describing that, I was thinking of it. It's like often there's you know, as you were setting it up, there's, you know, there's all this distraction, but in, in, when you think about it from the point of view of one's experience of time, there's, there's either friction or there's an absence of friction. And like the way you described it, like if there's an absence of friction in your relationship to life and to immediacy, then it's just sort of like, there's a, as you described it, a flow, just like, and then you're, you you sat down and then an hour's gone and you don't even notice, mm-hmm. and that is such an a one. It's such an important experience because it's like a, it's a it's a very unique reference point, but it also it really makes you think about time and it makes you think about your relationship to time and how that's related to like in a certain way, like the way I think about it, like the quality of your being, the quality of your let go, the quality of your trust, as you were talking about before. And I, I do think like on retreat, like just like with the entheogens, you you get to kind of, you get to experience these f- almost like I think of them as like frictionless states. I think the practice helps you, or regular practice helps you realize when you're in those states. Yes. And how at peace you are and how much smoother your life goes because we we in essence i mean everything that when when things work well and you know they talk about being in in the flow and smooth and frictionless i think that's the human nature of how the universe is like loves flow right it's yeah. it's just that's that's natural like a river right like you think about running water yeah um, that's that's nature you think about wind you know you think about just the things in life where are that are metaphors for for flow and, and that's the natural state of things. Mm. And so like we, anything that we do that is not, that th- is not flow, you know, it's almost like we're getting in the way of what nature intended. Like we're meant to flow with each other. This, this conversation is meant to flow. Yeah. You know, our, our interactions with each other are meant to flow. You know, we're, our discussions with our, our families our, and our siblings are meant to flow. Like our, our interactions with our, our customers, our, our business partners, you know, they should all flow. And I think a lot of times they don't and people think that that's the norm. Yeah. So we just take it for granted. Ah, you know, we're just, we're just not meant to, you know, we're just not jiving or whatever it is. But 
I think if we went from if we operated from a mindset that flow is the normal course and flow is the standard <laughs> operating procedure here, like everything everything flows from flow. <laughs> yeah. Like we it would just change like dramatically. Like we would be thinking about how do I get into flow? Yeah. You know, how do I how do I operate from a from a from a standpoint where it's frictionless, where, you know, um, I feel that's where like growth happens and mm. it the flow operating in flow sort of brings out the best in both parties. Definitely. It is comes back also to how you were describing in the silence. And I, I remember this too, is when you're on retreat and you were describing the powering down and the, the sense of simplicity that starts to dawn in that experience and your life becomes very simple because you aren't, you, you know, you don't have that many obligations. You're just, you're meditating all the time and you're just going to the next session and eating and then going to the next session and then meditating. In terms of this thing that you're talking about with flow, I do, I remember like there was this very almost like pristine experience of relationship where you could read someone's intention almost instantly. There was no mediating barrier like there usually is with words where you're interpreting meanings, you're, you're kind of uh, naturally projecting all sorts of stuff. And I so appreciated like, and, and again, I think this is what you were talking about earlier, that experience of relationship was so wholesome because you, you just knew the other, you, you like almost immediately as a pre pre thought. And then you could feel, and you, you could feel like, I don't know how else to say it, but you just didn't really need words to communicate. It was like a pure form of, of communication. And I think that relates very much to what you're saying. You get to reset and almost experience like a, a baseline, a very pure form of communication the experience of that I often think of as flow because it's, you know, most of what we're projecting or most of what we're carrying into it, most of the overlays, they're just removed. And then you guys are both, you know, we're attentive basically to just the radical immediacy and then you're just here together. And it's something you have to, uh, you have to work towards. Definitely. And you have to make a investment in the energy it's going to take to do this so you know as as you were speaking and as we're having this conversation i can just use where i am right now as an example of how well i can practice this mm. because i mean i'm i'm in my office and i've actually just dimmed this the monitor on my screen just to not be distracted and then i i'm looking outside my window and there's you know we, we're in California, so I'm able to look at some palm trees, which is nice. relaxing. <laughs> and then there's, you know, traffic going by. But even just, you know, it's you have to continuously bring your attention back to center, to groundedness, to focus, so that I capture everything that you're saying and I understand, you know, almost what it is you're trying to convey in addition to the words that you're saying. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's, there's a, there's an emotion and there's a uh, purposefulness behind your words. Cause there's a, you know, I would imagine because there's, you know, there's a reason why you said the things you said, because it, it, I said something that triggered it, you responded. And then it's the action of me listening closely to what you're saying that, that then causes me to respond because you elicited something. Yeah. And the nature or the quality of those interactions is vastly improved when we're both on the same page, listening attentively mm -hmm. and almost waiting for the next word to, to drop because we want to, we want to see how we can connect to that. And it's it's almost like a challenge, you know, to even to the to the listener right now. Like, where are you now? What are you looking at? What are you multitasking? Is there a difference when you're doing this, laying in your bed, you know, with your eyes closed, listening to this conversation, as opposed to 
driving to the supermarket and mm. picking up the produce for your next smoothie while you're walking your dog and, ch- and checking your email and then listening to the show. Like those are two completely different experiences. Yes. And we don't do it enough. And, you know, anytime we have a chance to, to engage with someone, if that engagement is valuable to you, I think the, the challenge and the invitation is to, to fully engage to, to extract the, the maximum amount of enjoyment and flow from that conversation. Totally. You mentioned also affirmations and tell me a little bit about that. What, what kind of affirmations do you practice and what do you experience? What do you see as the effects or the benefits of, of doing affirmations and how did you start doing that? And do you do it as part of like a routine, a morning routine, like with meditation, after meditation, maybe uh, if you could just speak to that a little bit. Yeah, and I can even read them to you if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I do it after my meditation. And so the meditation, I sometimes do a guided meditation or sometimes I just use something simple like um, like Tibetan chimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've, I've actually, I've, I found a, one that's long, it's like 30, 35 minutes, but what I've done, and I'm a huge fan of like uh, productivity. And so sometimes I, I'll find that I, I only have 15 or 20 minutes. So I've created versions of the, of the chimes that I've edited down. So they're, they'll end in 15 minutes and, or another one will end in 20 minutes. Mm. And so, you know, I, I typically at the very least try to do the 20 minute one, but it's just little things I build in because it's one of these things you have to, uh, if you don't prepare, then you're going to, when the time comes and you only have 15 minutes, you're like, you're going to say, well, I don't want to put on this 35 minute guided meditation. Right. It's going to go way beyond what I have. So right. it's just sort of putting the things in, in place so you can, so you're, so you can succeed. But so when the meditation is done, I read my, my affirmations out loud because I'm a firm believer of like communicating to spirit that I'm here and this is something that's important to me. And to the extent that you can guide me or, or show me a sign that I'm on the right path and by all means do it. So the first one is from actually, actually from the Dalai Lama and it says, I'm fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to expand my heart out to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I am going to have kind thoughts towards others. I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. I am going to benefit others as much as I can. And so it's a lot of interesting things that are there and Mm -hmm. things that I, it's funny because you think that these are just normal things that everyone should be thinking about, but even like the line about having kind, kind thoughts towards others, like to be reminded about that every single morning is so important. Yeah. You literally in 24 hours, man, you could forget all this shit. You're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Forget it. (laughs) I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. man. I feel like I'm practicing that every single day. Like even just in small arguments with my, my wife or bigger things like you know with people strangers you run into the street so oh yeah that's a that's a, a great way to ground it and then i continue that's awesome and, and so i these are these are affirmations that over time i i've i've read books i've i've seen videos of people that i, I follow online that you know are are of spiritual in nature and, and sometimes they say something that resonates with me i'm like oh I'm, I, I capture that so i have evernote and i just copy these in and now it's involved into this long long thing here but mm. My, the second paragraph is it says, I am in divine guidance. I am always at the right place at the right time. Everything I do is orchestrated from a higher growth, from a higher consciousness, from a higher evolution. Frequency is what I know. Frequency is my own identity. And so that is almost my communication to spirit that says, I'm here, I'm here to play, and I, you know, we're in this together, and, you know, I'm sort of what I alluded to earlier about frequency, that we're all vibrating atoms. I, I think I, it's kind of my affirmation of that. Yes. And then... Um, By the way, when, whenever you talk about frequency, I, I can't help but think about the fact that you're a DJ, but we can come back to that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected. Definitely. And then I move into intention mode. So I say, it is my intention to experience a harmonious lifestyle. It is my intention to experience health and energy that leads me to creative adventures it is my intention that I be well provided for, that shelter and food 
and all the things that I need to experience life be given to me in great abundance and that I pass this great abundance on and share it with others. It is my intention to have a better diet. It is my intention to have a better sense of intuition. It is my intention to evolve and ascend. I intend to do more for others than anyone else does. I intend to become more valuable. I intend to give more, to be more, and to serve more. Hmm. And then, you know, just add things as they, you know, make sense to me. And, and one that I added recently was just a direct communication to spirit that says, spirit, I acknowledge that I am the object of your positive attention and I'm appreciating your continual gaze on behalf of my well-being. And today, no matter where I am, no matter where I am going, no matter what I am doing, and no matter who I am doing it with, I will be in conscious awareness that you too are there with me, appreciating me, supporting me, assisting me, acknowledging me, inspiring me, guiding me, having fun with me, helping me, aware of me, loving me, showing me, and uplifting me. <laughs> nice, man. That, that one, that's a very happy one. I actually, I saw a video with, uh, from Abraham Hicks and I sort of copied most of that from mm. there because I heard it and I was like, wow, the power of doing that every single morning oh, is amazing. It's so positive. Yeah. And then uh, there was just, I read an article about abundance mindset, which is really important for me. And it was, there's, there's a couple of things that he put in there um, that said you should try to do every day. So I just changed the wording to, to put them in first person. So it says, I will have appreciative conversations. I will organize my home and my life. I will reduce my media consumption. I will share what I have with others. I will create win-win situations. I will look for positives in every loss. I will stop comparing myself to others. I will express my gratitude daily. Nice. Those are great, man. So yeah, I mean, I whenever I I talk to people about them, I, I send them an email and I, I give them that. Uh, I send them that and I said, you know, just modify as necessary. And then over time, you start building your own. You, you cut here. You I, I've adjusted some of the words along the way, and uh, I feel it's just important to do it every single day. Yeah, that's. Uh, would you be up for sharing that with our audience? Yeah, of course. Awesome. Yeah, love to. All right, everybody. We will link that up in the show notes. Thank you. That those are those are beautiful. I wanted to ask you, and you may not have an answer for this. It, it's a question that I kind of runs in the back of my mind. I do part of my practice in the morning. I do this form of prayer, which is a Hasidic. It comes from a Hasidic practice. It's called Hit Bodidut. A, a buddy of mine shared it with me, and it's. Well, you just talk out loud to God and it's completely open and unstructured. The idea was the old Hasidic practitioners that go out into the woods outside the village in a quiet place and just really uh, genuflect, really talk to God and really pour your heart out. And the instructions are to say everything, you know, everything, every like everything you want, everything you're upset about. If you're grateful, of course, I like to to start with gratitude because it just, I think, obviously feels appropriate. You know, and they say, even if you're angry with God, lay it out, say why. And if you're, if you don't have anything to say, well, talk about that. And, and it's like, it was this amazing practice that I was like, I'm going to try that out. And it, it just stuck. And part of it is, it's like very creative, but I realized in a lot of what you were expressing in those affirmations, it weaves through a lot of those themes. And I, I'm often asking for the things I want. I'm usually asking for people to be healed, people who I, who I love, um, people who are in my family, and then sometimes people I don't know, but that I've heard about. Um, expressing gratitude is a big part of it. But I never grew up with... Uh, I, you know, I grew up Episcopalian and I went to boarding school at an Episcopal boarding school. So we had, you know, we went to chapel every morning, but I never had like a firm. And so I, and I always, I prayed, but we didn't pray in my family. It was just something I did. But in terms of like God and like 
the sense of the other. I find it really powerful because I don't. I, I have to admit, I don't really have a sense of what or who God is, other than some totality, and and that's imminent. That's also completely imminent. That's right here. There's no. There's no separation, and I feel that when I'm uh, doing this prayer. And, and how different it is from sitting quietly in meditation. And I feel like I, I get something like completely different out of this sort of conversation with God as, as, a, as a entity as such that, that is both, I consider is both outside me and inside of me. But so my question is like, how do you think, and that's a big one, but how do you, in the immediacy of that experience, how do you think of God? How do you relate to spirit, God, or whatever? And I'm using the word God in, in a terms that I don't think of it as a he or a she necessarily, as just a um, presence. But I, I'm curious about that. Like, how do you relate to that? I think uh, the concept of, for me, it's, I, I use spirit and universe interchangeably Yeah. Uh, to mean that. And it's, it's woven into every aspect of my life. And I'm, I'm just through experiences that I've had over the past couple of years, I've, that, that feeling of the all pervasiveness of spirit, yeah, is r real for me. It's it's something that I know. So it's not so in, in terms of understanding or believing. It's not something that I believe in. It's something that I know. And when and I think there's a subtle difference here because if I know it to be true. Then I then the way I live my life and the things that happen in my life begin begin to have an order to them that's driven by this bigger picture of the universe and spirit having um, sort of like looking out for me and me having an active role because uh, there's there's the the aspect of you know being able to consciously choose your path that that uh, is in there as well so i know that if if i focus my positive energy and my positive flow into trying to make this world a, a better place and connecting with people who you know vibrate at a at a high frequency and learning from them and surrounding myself with people like that it's you know it's you know, it sounds like the Jim Rome quote of, you know, you are the five people you most associate mm. yourself with. But if you want to increase your frequency and your vibration um, and to become more light, and in, in my mind, it's this, this aspect of love and light. And so if, if I want to vibrate and resonate at that frequency and do the things that people do at that high level, high frequency, then I need to find out where these people are and how... I interact with them and how I include more of those types of people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that I'm, I am spirit. I am God experiencing a human life. Yeah. Because there's aspects of spirit that as magnificent as they are, they can't have the, the physical human experiences without having, you know, incorporated in a body. Yeah. And so, you know, if I, if I, if I know that I'm, I'm spirit, then, you know, my conversations are in essence with a higher version of myself. So sometimes when I do my affirmations, I, I direct them to spirit and sometimes I direct them to my, um, my higher self. So there's a version in my mind, there's a version of Harry that's, either more advanced or 
in a different dimension, you know, or, or 10 different dimensions higher than me, um, that is supremely much more intelligent and advanced and light than I am. And I'm just learning from a future version of myself. And so I, I speak to that person as well, um, just to cover all my bases. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, that's a great quote, by the way. I'm learning from a future version of myself. Yeah. I love that. And then um, I put myself in the position of openness to what is possible, openness to what I should do. You know, it's not necessarily that I, this is like a roadmap outlined for me, but I think I put myself in the stream of love and light, right? And so I had someone tell me one time who was doing, they were doing some sort of auric cleansing and I told them like, sometimes through entheogenic medicines, I, you know, I, I get messages and she said, well, just be careful because when you open up those channels, you're opening up the door to negative and positive frequencies. And so she said, in order to distinguish that what you get is positive, then you just make sure you put a, like a filter of love and light on there. So I said, if this is love and light, then, you know, come on in. You know, I'm, I'm hearing, I'll, I'll hear whatever message you have and I'll follow whatever guidance you have for me. But it's got to be love and light. It's got to be love and light. Hashtag love and light. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, because then that what that does, it just sets this context. Um, and so when you start working with things like plant medicine or, you know, anything else that puts you in touch with another dimension, another frequency, another energy, another spirit, whatever you want to call it, I envision myself putting like a bouncer at the front of the, the door to my soul. Yeah. And he's, he's got his arms crossed. And then so when messages come through, he's there, he says, uh, are you love and light? And they're like, yes. And you're like, all right, go inside. I like that. <laughs> and then, and then and if he's no, and then he's like, no, sorry, man, this is a, it's a love and light party only. And so you, he keeps those energies away. And, you know, I just, I just use that every once in a while when I'm not, you know, sure, uh, what what the message is or I'm in the in the midst of something that I feel is like negative energy I'm just like you know in my mind I'm like love and light love and light love and light and it has this powerful effect because the other thing the other way you can use that is when you have a decision to make in your life you say uh, what would love and light do or what would be the response that is coming from a place of love and light mm. And then you, I mean, that, that just, if that doesn't clarify things for you, then on what you should do or how you should act, I don't know what will because to me, in my mind, there's nothing more pure hmm. than that. Than hmm. that. I hope I, that answered your question. Yeah, it did. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a good place for us to, to wrap up. Can you tell everyone a little bit about how they can learn more about who you are and what you do. And of course, if you want to include any ways for people to connect with you, I will, I will hook it up in the show notes. But yeah, just tell us what you do on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I'm the host of a podcast that uh, I was uh, happy enough to have you on. As well. That's great. It was, it's called Podcast Junkies. I recommend it, everyone. It's an awesome storytelling podcast is great interviews thank you it's a bit meta it's i only interview other podcasters <laughs> yeah so it was, it, was, it was fascinating synergy that we were able to reconnect and you happen to have a podcast yes like, wow, this is awesome so that's when i smile because i feel like you know things are aligning in in, in the universe and i'm like this is cool we get to talk mm. and and then to be able to continue the conversation here i'm, I'm really grateful for and so, yeah, it's podcastjunkies.com and that'll provide you all the links to the, to the, to the uh, podcast. You can download it. Uh, and see, it's on iTunes. And I'm on, uh, so I'm on Twitter there. I do have a personal account on Twitter um, and that's Duran Harry. Duran's my last name, like the group, Duran Duran. So okay. Duran Harry and I, I try to keep all my, um, you know, I, I, I use the, the podcast Twitter account to push a lot of the episodes and let people know it, all about all things podcasting. But Every once in a while, I have things that strike my fancy that are outside of that realm and that I'm interested in, things like spiritual aspects and meditation and sacred geometry and whatever um, whatever book I'm reading at the time. Nice. <laughs> That's sending me down some rabbit hole, so I like to use that sometimes to, yeah. to engage with there. So yeah, either one of those is fine. Um, yeah, and if people, if you, if you found value in this conversation and you want to 
pick up the the the, the conversation on, online. I'd be more than happy to do that. That's great, and and we everyone also be sure to come back and check out the show notes because we'll have those beautiful affirmations that Harry shared with with us linked up as a PDF in the show notes. And so, do you know all the names of the members of Duran Duran? <laughs> I can tell you because I had two older sisters when that was happening. So it, I lived in a field of constant Duran Duran. That's great. Um, I just, it would just be, I, I think it's Simon and Nick. I think it's about yeah, it. Simon Levon, uh, John Taylor, Andy John Taylor, Taylor, and Nick, yep. Nick Rhodes, right? Yeah, that's right. Very good. These are my guys, man. I think I modeled my hair after Simon Lebon for many years. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's amazing is that they keep going at it, and they, they recently released an album. Amazing, here in L.A. at the Tower or Amoeba Records, and I didn't get to see them. But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, it was fun to it was fun to have them in their heyday and have that be my last name. Yeah, that's awesome. We are dating ourselves here, but that's <laughs> it's good, <laughs> Harry. It's good. Thank you very much, man. It was really fantastic to have you on here and, and just, it was a deep dive and I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Morgan. It's so nice to uh, be able to have different channels or, or, you know, venues for me to talk about things that are, are of interest to me outside of, you know, what I normally talk about, like podcasting or, or business, you know, digital marketing or anything like that. So yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Harry Duran. If you want to learn more about Harry's work and connect with him directly, I've included all his details in the show notes over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast. Also, as promised, you can pick up Harry's free PDF, which features the affirmations he read on the show today. He created that especially for the aboutmeditation.com community. You can also download that free PDF over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast, and you'll find that in the show notes of this episode. So check that out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please consider giving me a rating and a review over on iTunes. It's a huge help. It's one of the best ways to help other meditators discover our show. And as always, let's end with a quote. And this is from Kiense Rinpoche, who says, To feel responsible for our loved ones is commendable, but we have the ability to open our mind and accept the responsibility for infinite beings. Why limit our deep sense of tenderness to a few people when we can extend it to all beings? <laughs> <laughs>